Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Alright, welcome everybody back to another edition of Chair Gating. Jay is currently somewhere, Montana or Wyoming, I don't know. He's just out there somewhere. He graduated grad school, who knows what he's up to. This episode, I am going to be talking NASCAR. I have a special guest, a NASCAR expert, who has his own NASCAR podcast. And we're going to be uh, talking NASCAR, so if you enjoy NASCAR, I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. Rock flag and eagle. All right. So since college sports isn't really going on, uh, this episode we're going to be talking about NASCAR. We'll try to keep it not too long. Uh, you want to introduce yourself for everybody? Rattlesnake, thanks for having me on, brother. This is Dad O, uh, a.k.a. Sloppy Yellow. I have my own podcast. We do NASCAR for Dirty Mode Media. It's part of the Dale Jr. world of podcasting that he has there, and I couldn't be more excited to be on with you, brother. How's things down in Austin? They're great. How are they up in Dallas? Are they- hot. I was just going to say, hot. is it as hot as it is here? Because it's terrible. It was 94 or 96 today. I wasn't prepared for that. We've had a nice a nice little spring here for all of about six days, and it's turned into summer already. But, you know, I, that's how we do it in Texas. Bro. Yeah, I feel you. Were you uh, were you at the race at Texas Motor Speedway this season? I was. Believe it or not, this is the first race at Texas Motor Speedway I've missed in 10 years. Oh, man. I actually moved. I moved, and, they, and I didn't expect to sell my house as fast as I did. And I was like, dang it, this is great. And then I realized, oh, dang it, this is Texas Motor Speedway weekend. So, Ugh. first one I missed in 10 years. Um, I normally, I have a bus that has a Texas flag painted on one side of it. Got a big rack on top. It's called Sloppy Yellow. Nice. Uh, you can follow me at, at Sloppy Yellow on, on Twitter. Uh, you can see you know, tons of pictures of it. But, yeah, we have a good time. I normally go to six or seven races a year. This year I haven't made it to one, but I've got six or seven in my in my bag. I'm planning to get to. Okay. Of my buddies, we'll have a good time and 
we'll have we'll have a real good time. I mean, most of the time when you go to a NASCAR race, the, the least of the stuff that that you carry on about during the day is the race. I mean, right? Um, it's just an all day, all weekend event, and the race takes three hours. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I go to a TSM every year. Unfortunately, the second race there. Uh, this year is the weekend of my wedding, so I don't uh, think I'm gonna make it. But I went, good. I went to the one earlier. Uh, I went to Dega, and uh, we're planning on gonna go to Darlington also this year. Darlington's fantastic. Have you ever been to Darlington? I have not. You have to uh, get a pimento cheese sandwich. They're, right. They're famous for their pimento cheese sandwiches, and I'm gonna tell you something right now. There's no better track in all of NASCAR to learn about the sport. Okay. It is in Darlington. That track is the perfect NASCAR track. It is hard. The drivers love it because it is hard to drive. It, it challenges the driver like crazy, and it, it makes it so difficult. Every lap is on the razor's edge, and you know the the lady will reach out there and smack you. That wall out there coming off of, of turn two, it's it gets everybody. The Darlington Stripe. I mean, it's a it's a fantastic thing, but it's the way racing should be in my opinion if all tracks were like darlington we'd be in good shape well that's good to hear that's gonna that's my bachelor party so hopefully it's a good time yeah yeah no better uh bachelor party than nascar in my opinion Uh, i I couldn't i couldn't agree more and you know the funny thing is probably the worst race of the entire season in my opinion is getting ready to come up this weekend an all-star race i can't i absolutely can't stand it all right well it drives me bananas that that and, and every year they try something new. Yep. They try something new this year. And I know Kyle Busch, and for those of you who may not may not know, they're doing a rules package to make it just like the Indianapolis race was last year for the yep. Xfinity. Yep. The Xfinity race was an amazing race, Rattlesnake. Yep. It was an amazing race. They could they could pass. It was it was it took a lot of the arrow arrow package out of it. Made made cars very very fun to watch they get they get they had some throttle response all kind of things are going on there now they're going to do it on charlotte kyle bush come out and said hey i didn't sign up to do a bunch of plate track racing a mile and a half and it's going to be very interesting to see if it turns into a talladega at, at charlotte motor speedway because quite frankly if it does the drivers will hate it and the fans will love it yep yeah so that's that's what i was going to ask uh, your thoughts on these changes. My opinion is, I mean, like you said, they, they tried to do something different every year. I do like the package that they got because, like you said, it's it's a lot like Xfinity. They're raising the spoiler up to 6 inches with the 12-inch ears on it. Um, the restrictor plate is the one thing, though, that I'm a little nervous about, like why they added another restrictor race. It makes me concerned only because if you remember when Dale Jr. was out with his concussion, they brought Jeff Gordon in. Yeah. Jeff Gordon ran every race, uh, he's, but he said, uh, I will absolutely not run the plate tracks. Uh, just Jeff Gordon, four-time champion, winner of the Daytona 500, winner of Talladega. He, he knows how to plate race. He said, no, thank you. Matt Tenzer just came back from oh my God, yeah. not having a ride, and you know what? He's driving like nine races, five in a row, and he will not drive. <laughs> he will not drive Talladega or Daytona. Yeah, that tells you something right there. That the veterans don't want to get in there and race that stuff on a plate. When you when you put the restrictor plate on, you're you're increasing your chances of being in an accident. Oh yeah, uh, tenfold. Oh yeah, and it's 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 going to be interesting to see on that. I mean, those corners at te- at, at Charlotte, yeah, Texas Motor Speedway. 
they're a lot tighter than they are on a two and a half mile track. So I, it definitely is a cause for concern for the drivers. But I've always said when drivers are pissed off about the track, fans are loving it. So we'll see what happens. I hope nobody gets hurt. But they've tinkered with this damn format so many times and all this other stupid shit. I'm glad they're finally just going to do something with the car and just run a damn race. That That is the best thing they could have done, regardless of what they did with the package. The fact that you're not going to have some stupid shit like we're going to invert the field and you got to do this <laughs> and do all that. So many hokey bullshit. Right. It wasn't even racing anymore. And, and, and it wasn't even entertaining on TV. So... It's going to be really interesting to see how it looks. They're, they're going to, and they're only going to have two 40-minute practices. They're yeah. only going to have two 40-minute practices. So With that new package. To everything. Yeah, I, that's pretty wild that they're not giving them in, uh, any practices with the new packages. Well, I think that's, that's why you haven't seen a whole lot of talk from the drivers in the media about how it's much they're looking forward to it. Normally, you got guys like Brad Keselowski or Denny Hamlin always – before the all-star race they're always on the on the airwaves telling you you know what's wrong with this format or what they would do different or this that or the other right. thing and you don't have that this year because ain't nobody wants to talk about this all-star race everybody's a little a little bit off pitch and it's a mile and a half car that they're taking to the track right well there's five mile and a half tracks in a chase ain't nobody want to mess up a mile and a half tra- uh, a mile and a half car that i mean kevin harvick definitely doesn't want to mess up his i mean he's won yeah. three mile and a half tracks this year so he wants to keep that baby tight yeah how do you how do you feel about the format the uh the well, stages i, I listen I, I think you're an idiot if you don't think stage racing has made nascar more enjoyable and more more pleasurable i remember i watched my first nascar race in 1976 i'm 48 years old i was watching it literally since i was six years old I remember single-file restarts where there was never a car passed. I remember when Richard Petty or Benny Parsons, whoever won the race, I, I mean, they may put second place two or three laps down, and there may only be seven or eight cars on the lead lap. I lived all that, and, 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 and now that I know better, rattlesnake. We cannot get away from going with the stages. The stages absolutely, absolutely positively the drivers know what's at stake, and they drive harder knowing that the stage is coming up. Plus, it's added an entire element of, of strategy that we have never seen before in the world of NASCAR. When you've got 30-some cars on the lead lap at a mile-and-a-half track, Rattlesnake, to have – we don't have engines that blow up like crazy anymore. It used to be like that. To have these stages where there's a legitimate break in the race that you can re-strategize fuel, tires – all that kind of stuff, and to be able to go out there and make the product better than it already is, is just a fabulous thing. It'd be like taking away the two-point conversion in football. I mean, it would be ridiculous to go back to the without having a two-point conversion. I, I can't, I, I can't, I, and I had to yell at NASCAR a lot for screwing up and doing stupid shit. This is one thing they absolutely got right, in my opinion. Well, I'm glad that you said that, because I feel like I'm 26, and... A lot of us, you know, well, there's not many young NASCAR fans, but the ones that there are, we do enjoy stage racing, and I feel like a lot of the old school guys don't, and so it's this weird tension where we all kind of hate what NASCAR's been doing, but I've liked the stages, so I'm glad that you actually said that. Well, let me put this out here to you, which I, I, could, I took a lot of shit on Twitter for, for saying this, but uh, Spotter Brett, um, Brett with uh, uh, 
spots for I'm sorry, Clint Boyer and Elliot Sadler. Brett put out a poll on Twitter last week. Did, do you like stage racing? Yes or no? Or um, or did not care? And fifty one percent said they like stage racing. Okay. Well, thirty five percent said they did not. And again, different. I'm like, how the hell? Who the hell voted for? I mean, it it befuddles me that there's only fifty one percent of the people. I mean, you gotta understand. 51% it's basically even you ask two people one says they like it one says they don't I think you're an idiot if you don't like it and, and if you don't like it and you're old it's because you just haven't gotten up with the times so you probably still have an uh, email account yeah yeah and I mean I can't say that as a young guy because you know I'll get uh, I'll get persecuted yeah. for that but no I mean I, I don't mind uh, the format and um, other than the plate I don't mind the aero package that they have going either. So I'm interested to see if they're going to change it every year. At least this one seems like it could be better. But the plate, uh, like you said, just really, eh, it's iffy. Well, here's the thing that, that, and I have bashed the living hell on my podcast. Um, <laughs> I have bashed living hell out of it for Charlotte Motor Speedway being the... It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Worst track I've ever been to in my life. And really? It's true. Really? Yes, it's true. To get in and out of that thing, I mean, I literally had a rental car. I mean, it was like a Hyundai Elantra or something like that, little tiny thing. I literally took everything out of my car. Everybody that goes in the infield has to take everything out. Shit, the only thing they ask you in Texas is, you got, you got a moonshine still? No. You got any guns? We all answer no, but we right. all know the answer is yes. <laughs> and, and that's it. I mean, they don't yeah. even look in the damn thing. They just take out. But that track is so damn boring. Is that is so boring on a mile and a half track? There's nothing spectacular about it. I mean, it takes them over speedway even before they did the reconfiguration. Right. It was a fast, fast track, and it was hard to navigate. There is you can literally close your eyes and drive Charlotte Motor Speedway. But let me tell you something that they've absolutely done fantastic, and I applaud them, and I'm giving them mad props right now. Is because of the fact that they're trying to do this all-star format all-star thing with the with the plate tracks it's never with the plates and the in the carburetors fuel injectors it's never been done before and i like the fact that they're trying rattlesnake i like that a lot but here's the best thing about it when we go back there in the fall they're going to do the roval and for those of you who don't understand what the roval is there's a road course inside charlotte motor speedway's oval so what they're going to do is they're going to use the front stretch as the part of the oval. And then when they come down the back stretch, they're going to have to, a road course inside the infield. And it's and this never been done before. Nobody knows how it's going to go. It looks exciting as hell to me. I love road course races. Oh, yeah. Charter Motor Speedway is absolutely, as, as for many things that they do wrong, they've absolutely knocked this out of the park. I cannot wait to see the roval. I cannot wait to see this rules package that they got coming up. And, I, and for once in a long time, I used to never watch the All-Star Race. I will not take my eyes away from it this year. They, NASCAR has done everything right as far as I'm concerned. Stage races, 
to bring in the play track, the, the, the restricted plays for these mile-and-a-half all-star race. I, I, right now they're doing just about everything right, including it looking for people to buy NASCAR. I was just going to say that. Speaking of uh, doing things right, uh, good news, Brian France may no longer be the owner. Um, I was wondering, do you have any takes on who a potential buyer could be? Uh, I don't. It, well, here, here's what I think is going to happen. All right, so the PGA Golf Tour sold themselves to a uh, to a uh, an investment group a few years ago, and, and even without Tiger Woods, the PGA Tour was doing amazing. I, without the best golfer that we have on a planet playing golf, right? The PGA Tour excelled. They actually grew a little bit without Tiger Woods. That's what NASCAR needs. They yeah. need an investment group that comes in that you're not going to spend a couple billion dollars for a for a product and then shut it down. You're going to spend a couple billion dollars on a product to turn it into $15 billion right. and then sell it to somebody else and then let them turn it. I mean, that's that's what these that's what these people do. And so when when NASCAR announced that they bought ARCA, as the first thing I thought of was like, oh, they're getting assets. They're getting ready to. They're getting ready to make their, their company a little bit more valuable so they can sell it. The best thing NASCAR can do is get the France family the hell out of the controlling interest. Yep. Bring somebody in that doesn't care that we have 36 races, that doesn't care that Texas Motor Speedway has two. And they, and they need to say, okay, your schedule's too damn long, and we'll out this out, and we're going to run this thing to make a, make a dollar. And we're not going to run this thing because you've got 70 years of history in it and you don't want to you don't want to make these changes because it's your baby we're going to make this thing better and that right now the French family can't see how bad this product is until, actually they could not see how bad this product is until about the last two years and then when they realize that they don't have a sponsor that they lost Sprint from 70 million dollars a year to Monster is paying 20 million dollars a year yeah. and they barely signed uh, Monster and the fact that you take Monster is NASCAR's NASCAR's sponsor, but they're the title sponsor. But every time they go to any track, they have to do their own deal with the track to put to put displays out. Well, that's idiotic. I mean, what? I mean, so you got to do, you know, tw- there's 24 different tracks in NASCAR. You got to do. You can be the title sponsor, but you can't have any presence at the track. You got to do 24 different deals. Makes no damn sense. They need an investment group. Somebody like I mean, like a Comcast. Or somebody that has some media media ties to it, that sort of thing, that can get in here and make a next TV contract as good as the one it is now. Because when this TV contract goes, they don't fix a bunch of this shit. I mean, it, the, the racing is as good as I've ever seen, Rattlesnake. It's as good as I've ever seen in 40-some years. But nobody's watching it on TV. Nobody's watching it on TV. Nobody's going to the track like they used to. And the racing has never been better. That French family needs to go. Give it to somebody who's willing to spend some money, do what, what the sport needs to make it better for people your age and younger to watch it, and you watch this thing is going to be a great sport moving forward. Give it five years, and this thing is going to be like, we won't even recognize 2000, 2016 NASCAR, won't even be recognizable in 2022. I mean, I hope so. And I think if we're looking at potential buyers, we got to look at people who, you know, maybe not only know the industry, but care uh, about what the fans think. Um, and the fact that you brought up, you know, you have to do separate deals with tracks because tracks aren't owned by NASCAR has a lot to do with it. So I was thinking you could look at, 
you know, SMI, they own, what, eight of the tracks? Yep. Uh, and Marcus Smith, he was going to buy the Panthers, backed out at the last second. I think he'd be a potential buyer. Well, I talked to a, <laughs> I talked to a major NASCAR reporter whom I won't name. Okay. <laughs> whom I won't name on this podcast because he asked me not to. All right, fair. Uh, but he's, if I said his name, Anybody that knows anything about NASCAR will know who this is. I already Nasty. have I already have names running through my head. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I asked him that exact question because we all know that he he tried to buy the Panthers, right? And he, I asked him if, if Marcus Smith had the brains and the ability to turn around NASCAR, and he said one replied back, and it was yes. Okay. Then I asked him if he thought he had the ability to buy NASCAR, and he replied with one answer back, and it was no. Oh, I mean, that damn. Was, that was it. And and the, and the thing is, is we don't know what the value of NASCAR is going right. to be. But if it's $4 billion with a B, Rattlesnake, Marcus Smith couldn't afford to patent up the Panthers. The, the, I don't know how he's going to afford this. Well, the problem is, if it's $4 billion, who the hell wants to buy it? You know what I mean? Like I do know what you mean. The I mean, they... France really likes to overvalue himself and and what he's done at NASCAR and that and look what happened. You know, he got Monster and Monster got the best deal they could possibly get out of him because nobody else wanted to come in there. That's right. So I I'm just worried if they value it too high, we're gonna get stuck with him. Uh, I, I mean another company I don't think they could afford it, but Feld Motorsports would be cool. Uh, they own the Monster Jam, the Supercross, the Arena Cross. They know motorsports and how to pack arenas and entertain people, so that would be cool, but I don't think they have what it takes. If you look at these investment groups that are out there, Matt, it's going to take, I mean, Monster, Coca-Cola, they're owned by the same people. It's going to take somebody with a lot of synergy, a lot of crossover to be able to pull this off. they got to have the bean counters that don't give a shit to cut tracks out of their, you know, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. We're taking the schedule down to 28 races or whatever. But you're also going to need somebody that knows the racing fan and what and, right. and what makes a good race, right. what what people want to see. And it's going to take a special group of people. And, and quite frankly, I think that's probably the reason why they, they – and listen, let's be honest. NASCAR leaked that shit so that it would be, be picked up and get a little advertising. Yeah. It's still, it may take them two or three years to find a buyer that can put all this shit together. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not out of the question that, you know, NASCAR may, I mean, who's going to come up with a couple billion dollars that quick? I mean, it may be two or three years before somebody gets in there, then it's going to take another two or three years to get turned around, and that's why they started doing this stuff now. And let's face it, Brian France is an embarrassment. I swear the thing that he did at, at the awards banquet with oh. With Martin Truex Jr., oh, yeah. I, I told Billy Bradley, my co-host, I said, if he didn't go behind the scenes and shit his pants or throw up, there's no excuse for him to leave the stage like that. And he, I mean, it was absolutely embarrassing. And even if he didn't, he should have leaked some info that he did. Yes. You know? Something should have come out. The fact that nothing came out tells me that, you know, his drug problem, his alcohol problem is getting the best of him. And it's just, I think, and I think the France family was like, that was the last straw. We're, we're selling this thing. We're putting it up on the market. We're getting out of here. You're turning this thing into a laughing stock. And, and, and I think that, that that's all good things. I mean, I was embarrassed when it happened. Right. But if it leads to the sale of NASCAR, then I think everybody wins, including Brian France, by the way. Right, yeah. I mean, he's done nothing good 
for the sport, and he's going to come out like a bandit making a whole lot of money. But, I mean, we live in a day and age, it seems like, where, you know, I don't talk politics on my podcast, but it seems like uh, companies, corporations, sporting leagues just don't seem to care as much about what fans really want. I don't know. I'm going to boil this down to in a nutshell, but what I think is is happening, okay? You've got the heyday of NASA. I was at Texas Motor Speedway in 2008 when it was the sixth largest city in Texas. There was 280,000 people there. It was, you couldn't move. It was wildly unbelievable. And from 2001 to 2010, NASCAR saw as much growth of a sport than it, like just like the NBA did in, uh, in the 80s with Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Dominique Wilkins. And I just, the same amount, I just, they grew just like that. So now you got all these guys that are fat and happy and rich. Right. And instead of putting in luxury boxes and all this other bullshit, what they should do is bring in cell phone towers so people could use their phone, yeah. access the internet, use Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, everything that should be, they're missing out, because no kid wants to go sit there when they can't use their damn phone, and it's ridiculous, in 2018, you go to a racetrack, like Texas Motor Speedway, there might have been 60,000 people there, I I mean, it was so damn cold, there might not have been 40,000 people there, but regardless, nobody could use their damn phone there, and I think what's happened is, they came to the realization now, today, 2018, Dale Jr.'s gone. Tony Stewart's gone. Matt Kenseth was gone. Right. You've got um, Jeff Gordon gone. All- Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. All the big stars and look who's on uh, Lowe's left. Monster Energy is sponsoring the entire series for half of what Jimmy Johnson gets on his car. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, it's, it, you've got all these things that have happened all of a sudden. Now NASCAR is waking up like, oh, shit. We should have been doing things five, six, seven years ago to not be in this position now. And so now everybody's trying to do catch-up, and I think it's getting right. Here's what I believe, Rattlesnake. Some company's going to come in at the exact right time, figure this shit out, and, and it may be monster. Who knows? But come in, figure out what's wrong with it, Buy this thing and turn it into a, a take it from a three billion dollar thing to a fifteen billion dollar thing in five years. I think they would be happy, and I think it's possible. We just got to find those guys. They're out there somewhere. There's money to be made. It'll be made. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot of race fans out there that want to enjoy racing again. So I think the money's there. Hell, if I had three billion dollars, I'd be uh, 
pushing my bid for it. No doubt. All right, so do you have a favorite driver? Well, my favorite driver was Dale Earnhardt Jr., and the reason right. I like Dale Earnhardt Jr. is because it, I thought his dad was an asshole. And, uh, <laughs> by the way, I, I've told that to Dale Jr. Really? Dale Jr. doesn't hate me for it. Okay. I, I rooted against Dale Sr. I, I rooted against Dale Sr. I, and my brother was the biggest Dale Sr. fan you've ever seen in your entire life. And I rooted against him, and I thought Dale Jr. was the anti-Dale uh, senior, and that's why I picked Dale Jr. And I love, I mean, he's a great guy, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I, I have had to come to grips over the last year, literally a year and, and a month, on who I'm going to follow. I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard for a 48 year old man to pick some young right. fuck out there and just be, you know, all up in him and all that kind of stuff. I just, it feels weird, but I'm going to tell you who I, I put my eye on right now. If I had to pick one favorite today, it'd be young William Byron. That kid, yeah. 19 years old. He's going to Liberty College. He is cool as hell. The kid never raises his voice. He knows exactly what's going on. He's tiny. He's about the size of a chicken. <laughs> but he absolutely is confident. He's calm. He's strong. He can drive that damn car. I swear to God, I think he's going to win a race before Chase Elliott does. If I was <laughs> going to pick a driver today, number one would be William Byron. Number two would absolutely positively be Bubba Wallace. I right. love Bubba Wallace's social media. I play PUBG, by the way. I, I watch his Twitch stream. Uh, I, I love everything about the kid. I love the fact that he's had to fight, claw, scratch to get where he is, and he's still fighting, clawing, scratching, not giving up. It's a hell of a story. I mean, just throw on top of the fact that he's trying to break history um, and, and win on a cup level as an African-American. I mean, good grief, man. That's I mean, how could you not like that? And then the third guy, I would definitely choose, if, and, and this is going to sound crazy, I like Daniel Suarez. I hate Toyota. I'm not a Toyota fan, but I like Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez is kind of like a little bit like, I call him Lord Byron, Byron <laughs> um, uh, William Byron, because he, he's very quiet, he's very confident, but he has a little bit of character, and I think... I mean, hell, he's, he had a top five the other day. I think he's going to be a fantastic direct driver. I mean, who doesn't like Blaney? Blaney's got to be on it. But see, Blaney to me is like, like I call Clint Boyer. Clint is my boyer. I mean, there's not <laughs> anybody on the planet that hates Clint Boyer. Right. right? I mean, but I just, I just, I, there's too many people, in my opinion, that are jumping on Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney. I mean, I get all that. They're good and all that stuff. But I'm looking for that guy that's a little bit, a little bit, a little bit different, special, a different way. Right. I'd have to go um, Byron, and i have to go Bubba, one, two. Yeah. So it sounds like you like the guys with the good personalities, good characters. Um, I mean, nobody can hate either of those drivers, that's for sure. Yeah. And everybody right now loves Bubba. He's definitely uh, become the fan favorite. He's got a great yep. personality. And it's the 43 car. Who doesn't want to see that get back on top? Absolutely. I gotta, t- I gotta warn you right now. My favorite driver, you probably don't like. A lot of people don't like him. Uh, I like Austin Dillon. Let me tell you about Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. First of all, I said on my podcast, and I didn't get in trouble, which I, I, I thought was weird. I said on my podcast at Daytona last year that I saw his wife walk by, and I thought she was a hooker. <laughs> she had on like ten inch heels, and and. And pants that looked like they were painted on, and she, I mean, had like a half crop shirt on, and, and she was like a foot taller than Austin Dillon. Yep. And I was like, what? What the? Hell? This is borderline <laughs> inappropriate. I love she it. Looked, <laughs> she looked more 
sexy than the damn Monster Energy Girls, for Christ's sake. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what the hell? So, I, but I'm going to tell you something about what I do like about Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon don't give two shits about what Dado thinks in Red Oak, Texas. He don't give two shits about what anybody thinks, except his car owner, his car, his crew chief, his team, and his wife. He don't give a shit about anything. I respect the hell out of that. That guy goes out there and does his thing. He ain't, uh, I mean, he's a winner in NASCAR. He, he absolutely can drive. He can get it done. By the way, I mean, he was a shortstop on a Little League World Series team. So, I mean, he, the, the kid's an athlete. He, oh, yeah. He, he's, he's a competitor he's for sure. He's a competitor. And who doesn't like a competitor? I mean, a lot of people don't like Kyle Busch. And it's not like I'm a big fan of Kyle right. Busch. But how can you hate a guy who wants to win so bad he hates he hates losing more than he likes winning? Hell, that's the kind of guy I want to, I want to compete against. Right. That's the kind of guy you want to race against. Kevin Harvick's the same way. I think Kevin Harvick's the biggest asshole on the planet. Oh, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, um, if, you, if you're going to pick... If you had to start over and pick a driver and your family's life depended on it, uh, <laughs> on a short list is Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch. Right. There's a reason for that. Yeah. I mean, obviously everybody hates Kyle Busch. Uh, I don't like him. I think it's funny that everybody hates him. But, yeah. you know, Kevin Harvick I I do not like, uh, which is funny because, he, like you said, he kind of has that same mentality as Austin. But I just there's something about Harvick that I just rubs me the wrong way. Um the Kyle Bush hatred I just find funny because the guy loves being hated. Uh, oh, absolutely. He lo- I mean, it's his favorite thing in the world. I mean, I, and people just and, and when when you know that somebody loves to be hated, you know they're damn good. Right. I mean, and as I mean, he is damn good, man. He you can't. I mean, you can't take anything away from his talent. The only thing I, I of all the stuff Kyle Bush has ever done, the only thing. I knock him for is he's a pussy when he doesn't answer questions after something bad happens. Yeah. He just stomps off and, and walks away right. and goes to his job, his trailer or whatever. The pouting? That's, yeah. That's bullshit. That's what little kids do. Right. Grow a sack of nuts and, and answer the questions and do something do stuff like that. If he does if he didn't do that though, he wouldn't be Kyle Bush. Right. And you know what's weird is for all the hatred that so many of these drivers get like Kyle Bush, Joey Logano, most, most those two more than anybody there hasn't been like much this season that has uh, attracted much hate, really. Nope. Yeah, well, the only thing, and I'm going to tell you why I think maybe this happened. You know, beginning of the season, NASCAR was promoting and touting the hell out of all these young guns. Right. And Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch spoke up and said, this is bullshit. What have they done? They haven't done shit. Right. And so what's happened? Kevin Harvick's gone out and won four races. Kyle Busch has gone out and won three races. So, I mean, I, I don't think there's any drama in that because Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick are pissed off and trying to beat the shit out of the young guys. Right. They're going to see drama if we can get one of these young guys to get in the victory lane. Now, Chase Elliott seems like he always steps on his pecker and, and knocks himself from second. Oh, my God, yeah. To second. Uh, Ryan Blaney was a winner. He won last year, but he just, for whatever reason, he can't get there. He can't get there this year. And I, I, I think we'll see some firework because Ryan Blaney, that little asshole will get up there and say something. Well, I guess they couldn't keep us young guns down for long. Or yeah, like that'd that. be great. <laughs> That's when he will start shit. I, mean, yeah. I guarantee you, if anybody does, he will start shit. I would love that. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people hated Austin Dillon right off the bat uh, for this season because, you know, nobody hates uh, Amarillo, but, yeah. you know, obviously everybody has their opinion about Daytona, but, you know. Listen, Austin Dillon did what he had to do to win, and if any driver said they wouldn't do that, they don't need to be driving a race. Thank you. That's all I. I wrote a whole article about that and got so much heat. 
Uh, that's because people don't want to talk about. The uh, only person you should have, here's how short your fucking article should have been. Eric Almarola, quote, hey, he did what he had to do to win. I'd have done the same thing. End quote, sign your name at the bottom of it, turn it in. <laughs> I mean, if Eric Almarola says he would have done the same thing, then why is everybody pissed off? Exactly. He it's just, did what he had to do. I mean, that's what you are supposed to do. Just people wanting to hate, I guess. So, um, who who do you think is going to win the All Star race? Uh, this is a great great question because I swear to God, I, because of these rule packages, I, I got to look at guys who are good at plate tracks yep. and mile and a half. And I want to tell you, the guy that stands out to me is a guy like Joey Logano, who won uh-huh. um, Talladega, and he's won his share of mile and a half tracks. I got to look at a guy like. Um, uh, the 17, uh, Stenhouse, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Okay. I mean, he, he definitely is a plate track racer. He's not the greatest. It doesn't seem like he is the greatest mile and a half racer, but I, he can he can wheel. He knows how to he knows how to work the air on a plate track. You think and then uh, Jamie McMurray? Okay. And Casey Kane are two dark horses that I think have an, Both of them are. are uh, Daytona 500 winners or plate track winners, and both of them have won their fair share on a mile and a half. I, it would not surprise. This is the most uh, because yeah, look at guy like 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 the 78, um, uh, Martin Truex Jr. I look at Martin Truex Jr. Awesome on mile and a half, not fantastic at plate tracks. Mm-hmm. He's in a Toyota. He's going to be fast, but I don't know that that's the combination he's going to need. I I think it's going to be somebody. This may be somebody in here that we haven't we haven't thought about yet. And well, how do you how do you feel about Kozlowski? I mean, he hasn't got a win yet this season. He's a good plate driver. Kozlowski could win this. He could win stage one, stage two, and the race, and it wouldn't surprise me. Right. This is, this is why I like this format and why I like what they're doing because they've made this race as crazy as Talladega, but they put it on. I mean, at Talladega, you you can throw a blanket over the. I mean. There's 15 people got a chance to win before you even start the race. Oh, yeah. You go to a mile and a half track, you're going to limit that pool down to five or six. Right. And see how the race goes. But because of what they've done, I honestly, God, it wouldn't surprise me if there's not anybody in the field that I don't. And I think Chase Elliott could win the damn get in race and then go in there and win the all star race. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. I mean, Chase Elliott, he's not even in yet. I think you'll get in with the fan vote. Yeah, uh, he I mean, will. He's, he's, he's got enough good looks, but I, but that doesn't mean shit. I, he still could win stage one, stage two, and the prelim race, or to, to get in the damn uh, to get into the race. And and if he gets in that race, uh, he's definitely a damn competitor you want to watch. Well, you know what would be good though if he wins, um, then your boy Bubba, I bet, will get the fan vote. That, that that's true. I I, I think and, and look. Chase Elliott's going to be the, the, the most popular driver moving forward right. until he decides he's not going to be. I mean, he, he's already cemented it. Bubba Wallace, if Bubba Wallace wins one race, um, he, Bubba Wallace will be the only guy that can even get close to him. He still won't beat him, but Bubba Wallace will definitely be number two in the fan boat for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bubba's coming up quick. Uh, everything just seems to work out perfect for him to be one of the most popular drivers. Yeah, no, good for him. All right, well, I mean, that was pretty much all I had to talk about. Did you have anything you wanted to mention before uh, we head off? The only thing, you know, that, that we really haven't talked about as we as we move 
going forward is there is a definite, a definite dominance by Ford yes. and Toyota. Yeah. And they are leaving Chevy behind. Chevy's got this new nose. It's supposed to help them. And, 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 and five weeks ago at the Bristol race, I told, I told everybody on my podcast, hey, I think the Chevys are going to start doing something, watch them creeping up. Well, guess what? They are creeping ever so slowly, but they are creeping up there. They're still not running top fives like I'd like to see them and that sort of thing. They just haven't figured it out, Rattlesnake. And it's amazing to me, it's amazing to me that a major manufacturer who has seven championships in the last ten years cannot figure out how to be better than they are right now on the same par as a Ford and a Chevy. It just it's befuddling to me. It makes no sense to me that they can be that damn bad when they have been that damn good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott aren't winning, well, Chase Elliott never wins, but when Jimmy Johnson isn't winning, you know, that, that really hurts you. I mean, I guess Kyle Larson's doing pretty good. He's got four top five finishes in his yeah, Chevy. Kyle Larson's also getting penalized. I mean, he and Chase Elliott are getting penalized every damn week. I mean, they're winning. They can't even win with cheated up race cars, Rattlesnake. And that's the when, when you can't win in the forty-two and the nine car, the cheated up race car, and Jimmy Johnson can't do better than fifth at Dover or or Martin or not even crack the top ten in, at Martinsville. I, Chevy has a problem. Bud. Yeah, it's a big problem, and it's. I think it's the biggest story. I think it's the biggest on-track racing story moving forward is if the Chevys can get their shit together and be on par with their competition. Because so far, they can't. Yeah, I mean, Austin's the only Chevy win this season. That's it. And he got it at Daytona. I mean, we counted, but... But it's Daytona, right. It's Daytona. (laughs) I mean, there was, you know, the only... Hey, listen, guess what? Eric Amarola had that one, and so did Kurt Busch. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's just... That's that's one of them tracks where you're glad to get them because there's literally 30 drivers at the... Everybody at the end of that race had a chance to win. Austin Dillon won it. Listen, we're not taking a win from him, but we haven't seen sh- – show me a, something on a mile-and-a-half track, and right. I'll show you progress. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was going to mention, too. Their one win was Daytona, which isn't saying much. That's like winning at Talladega. It's like, eh, is it – it's not – it's not really as uh, as earned, I guess you can say. You don't want to say that, but you're thinking it. It's it's more of being it's more of being lucky. Right place, it's right an act time. Of attrition, and if you can be there at the end, you got a chance. Yeah, and that's, yeah. That's more of that win. And I, listen, I want to tell you something, Rattlesnake. I I love your podcast. I'm a big time college sports guy. I love it. It's it's fantastic. I appreciate you reaching out and having me on. Absolutely. You have me on anytime you want to talk NASCAR. I know you don't have a whole lot of NASCAR um, folks here and all that, but I uh, thank you very much for having me on the podcast, and um, I look forward to listening to you down the line, bud. All right. One last question. Uh, who's your favorite college football team? Oh God. Okay. This is really going to piss everybody off. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I moved to Texas. <laughs> all right. When I moved to Texas, I had to pick a Texas team, and you just have to. Where'd you move I from? I moved from Florida, but hang on a minute. Okay. I'm a Kentucky boy. Okay. Okay, so the University of Kentucky, I've got a Kentucky tattoo. Okay. I've been to every Final Four since 78 that Kentucky's made. Right, so basketball. Uh, I'm, I'm a basketball fan. I, listen, Kentucky football has broken my heart for 40 years. Right. We, we, I mean, but when I moved to Texas... I, did, I, I took my first year in Texas, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch every team. And I picked A&M because they were the most SEC school-like school that was there in the state of Texas. And, I, and sure enough, 
three years later they joined the SEC. But I am an A and M fan. Okay. When it comes to, to football, and here's the funny: I hate the maroon. I hate anything that's that's maroon or red. I hate the color. I only wear <laughs> the only shirt I have that says A and M on. It's a white. It's a white shirt. But I follow A and M um, in the state of Texas. But my favorite. But if if you, I'm gonna follow. Kentucky's the only team I root for. But I like to see A and M do well. But it's because I'm from Kentucky and I'm an idiot. So. Take down the grain of salt. All right. Well, I graduated from University of Houston, so I just hate everybody. So don't worry. <laughs> I, I was going to hate you regardless of who you said. Yeah, it didn't matter. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on. I hope that I can get you on again uh, maybe later on down the down the season for NASCAR. Oh, by the way, let me ask you just one more question. And uh, you can cut this out if it doesn't make it. But what do you think? I mean, Penn State took all kind of stuff, all kind of stuff when the, the Sandusky stuff right. happened and all that stuff. Right. That, you know, that payout cost them $100 million. Did you see Michigan State is paying $500 million to the 332 uh, victims of Dr. Larry Nasser? Do you believe that, man? I mean, I'm not even going to get into that unless we have a whole conversation about Baylor. <laughs> because... You know that's the other thing is that Baylor's got so many damn sexual uh, assault cases and shit that goes underneath the table. I mean, and it wasn't. Here, here's the weird thing about Baylor, and I'm not a Baylor hater whatsoever, but here I, but I, but I'm a damn realist, and I read the newspaper. All this stuff happened to Baylor, and it's hell. You don't hear anything about it anymore, right? It's, and shit. I mean, it's it's like crazy. I mean, this is it's it's an absolute travesty that that athletic department over there covered all this stuff up and hot hit it and all this. And, and that they, they're not on a death penalty. They 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 still allowed to. I mean, they, they got hit pretty hard. But that team should be folded. And right. That's absolute damn truth. The shit that happened to that at that university. I mean, they're barely. They're lucky that they're still allowed to be a damn college. Yeah, I mean, as a Houston Cougar fan, I uh, I was a big advocate of Big Twelve just dropping them and uh, picking us up instead. But no you know, doubt. nothing happened. So I guess I don't. At this point, I, I don't know what to expect anymore in these t- type of cases after Baylor. Well, see, here's the thing that should have happened, and it should happen in NASCAR. I mean, to, to tie it back into NASCAR a little bit, every week there's penalties, and NASCAR just slaps them on the wrist. Right. I mean, and, and, it's, and, and here we got institutions that are covering up rapes, yeah. sexual assaults, and druggings, and gang rapes, and, yeah. and, and, and things like that. And what the NCAA should do is, you know what? You have lost your right to participate in NCAA-sanctioned sports. I agree. Every fucking one of them gone. I agree. Every one, women's, men's, everything. Say, bye, you're done. And shut one institution down, and it would maybe get the attention of everybody in the athletic world that that shit can't happen. Somebody's got to fall on the sword and take it. At least for a couple years. I agree. I agree. I say for for a couple years, and then you got to wipe the slate clean within those years, and then you can start from the bottom again. But I agree. I think at some point they just needed to pull a full-on death penalty, you know, pull an SMU, and uh, try to fix the problem. Well, you know, SMU got the got the thing because they were paying their athletes. They yeah. were still a, a thing, and they were assaulting young women. Right. I mean, you and can't I mean, you can't even compare those two things. That's not even. You can't compare the two things. That's like that's like jaywalking and selling drugs to a little kid. That's totally yeah. different. Yeah, they're two different things. They got to be handled differently. And if, if the death penalty is okay for paying a player, then what the hell do we do for somebody who uh, who allowed these things to go on and hit them? I mean, oh my God, if I was the parent of one of those kids, 
Right. Shit. I mean, there may be somebody shot and dead. Right. And that's the kind of shit that 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 I can't believe hasn't happened. Yet. Right. And it's, especially it's in Texas. I assume. In Texas, I assumed I it was know, coming. But the only thing I can think of is the Baylor slush fund it must be a hell of a lot bigger than what I. I yeah. Mean, just got a lot of damn money, buddy. You don't know. They may be. They may be paying these people off, and I joke about it. But quite frankly, the only that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that somebody was paid off, and that's why somebody's not dead. Well, if you find a, a Baylor sticker on a car that's less valuable than a Cadillac, let me know. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they got a big slush fund. I, they have to listen. I appreciate your time very much. Y'all can follow me at Sloppy Yellow on Twitter. Um, and, uh, man, thanks for having me as a guest again. I'll tell you anytime. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. See you, brother. Take care. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed that interview. I apologize for the sound quality. You know, it was pretty last second, but he was, uh, gracious enough to, to actually come on and talk to, uh, chair we, you know, it was kind of a over-the-cell-phone speaker into the mic. So, you know, we made it work, though. I think we're going to be doing something similar to that every single week while Jay is gone. Just get a different guest, uh, an expert in a different thing other than college sports. When we talk about different sports, different topics, at least while Jay is gone and not much is going on in the world of college sports. Don't worry. We will try to get back to college baseball, at least to the College World Series, if not regionals and super regionals as well. I hope everybody enjoyed this uh, this interview, though. I think it went great. He is truly a NASCAR expert. He has his own podcast, Undam Restricted Podcast. They talk NASCAR. They talk Dale Jr. You can follow him on Twitter at the Sloppy Yellow. Uh, if you are interested in NASCAR or want to become interested in NASCAR, he'll help you because uh, he has some really great content. As always, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Chairgating. Check out the website, Chairgating.com, and if you enjoyed this, hit subscribe. So, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Peace. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 